Why are you here? I'm looking for a great warrior. So what kind of warrior have you been? The way of the warrior. He needed a warrior's mind. Clearly this was all planned by warriors of warriors. Now is the time. Hi, this is Beth Hess, and you're listening to the Warrior of Impact podcast. I am a warrior of words. So welcome to the Warrior of Impact podcast. I am your host, Michael Rowan, as always with Shannon Matthews, and we have an awesome guest on with us today. This is pretty exciting because this is our first episode that we're going to start doing um, guest interviews. And so it really makes sense that one of our early podcast guests is somebody who we have developed a solid relationship with over the last year plus we have the incomparable wordsmith, Beth Hess, who uh, really is, in all definitions, a warrior of words. Um, she'll go into some of that in detail, but, you know, Beth is a self-proclaimed lifetime question asker. She was a journalist for a number of years, and uh, I believe through the pandemic, decided to take a leap and use that knowledge for how to wordsmith and messaging and became a messaging coach for businesses, groups, and organizations who are amazing at what they do, but sometimes struggle on ways to communicate what they do with the world. So Beth, if you want to go ahead and add to that and what I didn't touch on, we would uh, love to learn more about you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think you, you summed it up pretty well. I have always been curious about how things work in the world. And um, I remember even being young, looking at movie titles and thinking, why did they, why did they use that font? What are, and I don't even know if I used the word, if I knew the word font at the time, right? But just like, what are, what are they trying to convey with what they, what they say there? Um, even as a, as a young child, I spent a week with my grandmother every summer, starting at the age five, and we would write a little book about our, our week every year. And so, um, storytelling was really a part of, of what I did, uh, for, for as long as I can, as long as I can remember. Um, and like you said, I did that professionally for a long time. I went to college, got it. I have a a bachelor's of journalism. Um, and that's, that's what I did for a long time. And even now I'm learning to step into the role. A lot of people in different places I've worked where I was like, well, you're good with words. You're the word girl. Help us, help us figure this out. And, um, yeah, through the course of, of the pandemic in 2020, when I, uh, was, um, well, laid off. I was gonna try. I was gonna try to say that a better way, but our words I, matter. Our words matter, that's right? right? That's right. I was gonna say when I was asked to go work for someone else, um, <laughs> I I went back to what I I know how to do. I'm I'm a writer. I'm a question asker, and it was actually a time when a lot of businesses were really struggling with uh, how do we talk about ourselves? We're used to having, um, you know, retail stores that would just have drop by traffic. Now we're trying to sell things off of their website instead, or places that were used to being able to have 
face-to-face sales conversations with people now had to figure out how do I do this on Zoom and how do I get them to actually take a meeting with me? And, um, you know, so those words became even more important. So I leaned way into that on professional side, but always, always, always personally. I mean, if you were to look, well, you can see behind me, I've got, you know, own, you're amazing up there. This wall over here is all filled with with words and, and things that I, I keep close. I, I think it's how we define who we are and um, the message that we want to, to put out into the world for sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I have actually been looking forward to with our conversation, because you and I have talked a lot over the last year on, you know, really the power of messaging. But one of the things that we've never really talked about um, is that experience from the journalist brain to the business brain and being in marketing and media, we are surrounded with this push to really use the keywords and to really focus on making your words matter. But I I guess the question that I have is from pairing both worlds, what would you say is the difference between say, spinning something and like the sizzle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is hard. Um, right. Because there, there was such a, a, a push and I sold advertising and marketing for a while too. So, you know, you do have to think about you have, when you're, when you're selling something online, you have two audiences, right? You have your audience and then you have Google. <laughs> and, and you have to you have to message to to both of, of them. Um, you know, honestly, the way I coach them and what I believe is the the more you are yourself and you're consistent with that, you know, Google, Facebook, all the algorithms um, catch on to that eventually and you end up attracting your your own own people. Uh, because otherwise we just all start to sound like robots, right? And algorithm speak is a software program. So are we going to, we don't walk around in natural language and talk to each other as if we were trying to attract a software program. We talk to each other like human beings. And um, so I think that's the benefit that, that the journalism experience brought that that I bring um, in that is just learning to to tell your story, and I know you can definitely try. I mean, that's the way that you have have gotten the following that you have is by just simply telling your story, and people are attracted to the story. And at the end of the day, all the algorithm is there to do is to help make sure that people find what they what they like and what they need and what they're uh, attracted to. So if you're ultimately serving your people, the people will find you, algorithms will be happy. Right. Yeah, I think that that's the 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 duality of it, right? It's that you need to speak to the audience without being robotic because it's so easy. And I think a lot of people, when they get into marketing or they start really trying to game the system is they start thinking, well, if I overload this blog post for SEO, 
it'll be fantastic. Well, yes, you might get ranked, but then if somebody goes to it and it's just unreadable, okay. then now you don't have that audience. So you, you've appealed to the wrong objective in that sense. Yeah. Right. Well, now, um, now your your software is is so smart that if you do it that way, if you overload with SEO, it actually ranks you down instead of up because you get scored on readability also. So if it's not readable for your um, clients, then you're doing yourself a great disservice. If, if you think about it, though, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, Shannon. Um, and if you think about it, though, we have always been taught to write to an algorithm, so to speak, even before we knew what that was, like way before technology. I mean, I'm I'm turning 48 next week. And so I was, you know, I spent a lot of my education before we were on the internet. Um, but if you think all the way back to even like elementary school, junior high, when we were taught to write business letters or business essays, business memos, all of a sudden there was this different set of language we were supposed to use. Sign things sincerely, right? Like there were different words there was a different feel there was this more like step up to the grown-up table now if you're going to write about business now there are more rules and now we have to be more serious or nobody's going to take you seriously so we've been trained like that forever and ever and ever and one of the first things that I have to talk to to my clients about all the time is relax right like we were actually given a disservice especially on social media I mean it's called social media you're supposed to talk on social media like you would at a social event and if you walked up to somebody at a backyard barbecue and started talking about wanting to you know juxtapose and realign your <laughs> your mission with my vision um you know sincerely Beth <laughs> walk away <laughs> right it would be like what was that um so for me the good news is that that the platforms are actually shifting away they're actually making it easier for us to just be ourselves and that is what is is fun uh, for me is helping people actually find who they are find their voice what feels right to you and that's the thing that's going to attract your people so, so authenticity is key absolutely i uh in a, in a lot of ways have this um and it's ironic because I have this love-hate relationship with technology-based communication. Um, I think that it oftentimes adds to our ability to connect to more people. But I think at what cost is, you know, we, we talk about like option overload. We talk about getting your voice lost in the sea of other voices. Uh, so I've always been, uh, and to this day, um, I just started adapting to audiobooks, but there's something about a book in your hand. There's something about, you know, the smell, the, the, the experience that you just don't get from like digital algorithm shapes on a computer screen that are made up of letters. So 
do you feel like we are connecting less maybe uh, now than we were when we would actually go buy the morning newspaper or get our information at a library or a book? Because that's what fascinates me is like how we communicate, how we connect. And I think that even though we have opportunity, I don't, pe- I don't think people take advantage of it the way that we should because a lot of our time spent is communicating in the way like you're saying. It's, it's like this social or antisocial approach to it. Uh, by boarding up, boarding in, and really being able to be collective to our thoughts and only uh, being exposed to the stuff that we want to expose to versus uh, having the approach to whatever's out there is all you have, so you soak up more. Yeah, it, it's it definitely that duality between, like, information is not the problem. There's plenty of information in, in the world, Right. Um, we got access to, to any, anything you want. I mean, my, my son who just turned 17 from the time he was small, I'd be like, where did you learn that? And he's like, YouTube, right? Like, it just, the, the information is out there if you want to, to learn it. Um, but it's also easy to ignore outside information these days as well, Right. Because you're right, it was, it used to be that the newspaper or the, the nightly news or the, the radio broadcast would say, this is what you need to know today. This is what's important in our collective world. This is, this is what we should all be thinking, talking about, acting on, you know, type, type of situation. And now, I mean, think about it. Facebook literally, we're talking about words matter, right? They literally call it a news feed. You create your own news feed. You decide who serves you the news, right? And in some ways that makes it so much easier to go deep with the things that matter to you most, right? Because when else would you, I mean, I, I was literally on a Zoom a week ago with six people and it was US, Canada, Philippines, Mexico, right? Like all of us there together, all of us caring about the same thing. So it makes it easy to go deep. And I think people are getting more intentional about what they put into their world. Um, but that also does make us a little more, you know, horse blind. Yeah. And I I was talking about, I was talking about this with, with another friend of mine. And that's what we were talking about is social media feeds you what you like. And so whatever it is you like, it gives you more of that, but that limits our ability to intake opposing viewpoints. So we're not getting we're not getting both sides. We're only getting the side that we like, which you absolutely are right. It can put blinders on us and we get swept up in it and we don't even notice it. We don't even notice that a differing opinion isn't there because we've become so blind to only seeing what we want and what we like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the things that we oftentimes forget is everybody with a smartphone essentially we are, you're a broadcasting company. Mm-hmm. If you have access technology, if you have an opinion, 
even if you're just posting pictures of your dog, which by the way, please post pictures of your dog uh, or cat. You- or cats. All right. Uh, but you are essentially broadcasting information. And and it's the ability to be that source of information that uh, there's a lot of like, you know, with great power comes great responsibility aspect to that, because with the ability to share and have your audience, um, it's a responsibility and kind of bringing that back to businesses. It's... Um, can we all agree that when it's out on the internet, it's out on the internet. So you need to understand that what you say, it's super important that it's in alignment, that there's consistency, that there is this continuity of our message. And oftentimes uh, I made this post uh, a week or so ago. It's, you know, we, we look for the shortcut, but really the shortcut is doing it right the first time because how often, and all three of us can probably attest to this, most of the time when we're working with like clients on messaging, it's redoing something that they did wrong the first time, second time or third time, and, and really trying to iron out. And that just makes it more work every time you have to go back and, well, that's not what I meant. Well, you can only say that's not what I want because now you're talking about reestablishing trust in the market and, and really recreating or rewording the narrative. Yeah. So I, th- I think the challenges that I see a lot around um marketing and and messaging for, um, you know, businesses, organizations, people in general, right? Like just talking about who I, who am I and and what do I, I like, Um, uh, and I'll sidebar here for a second. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of family members specifically who called me and said, hey, I'm I'm thinking about doing something. I just wanted to bounce it off of you, get some feedback. What do you think? And even in that, maybe it's just the way my brain works and what I do for a living. But even in people making personal decisions about their life, I still was talking to them as if I was like, well, what is the mission of what you're trying to do in this life? Right. And how does this thing that you're considering support that? Because at the end of the day, we put down a pro and con list, but even if the only thing on the con list is, doesn't feel like something that feels right for me, that's enough, right? So, so anyway, I say that to say, I, you know, yes, I work with a lot of businesses and organizations, but this, I mean, we're humans first. It all it all works for what we're about, and, and certainly, um, you know, your audience and that idea of warrior in every part of of our our life fits there. So, one that idea um, that gets in the way a lot is that this is business. I have to be formal. I have to use a certain letter set of rules. I can't just be myself. Um, the other thing that I have to talk with clients a lot about and remind myself of constantly is that the role of messaging personally, business-wise is to be a filter to bring in the people that you want in your circle and filter out the misfits. Yes. And I love that. Right. So if I mean, big example, I don't personally curse a lot on my page and that kind of stuff, but you see that kind of stuff happening these days and people will get comments, oh, you shouldn't do that. Well, but that brings in their audience and it repels the people that shouldn't be working. Yeah. 
with, with them, right? So most messaging right now, the ways that it hasn't been done correctly so far is one, it's way too formal, two, it's way too generic because you're trying to still be everything to everybody instead of set up the filters from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't, I mean, I call myself the metaphor riddled messaging coach. If you don't want to hear analogies, if you don't want me to talk about your messaging as the bait you use to catch the fish you want, if you don't want that, I'm not your person. Right. I'm not going to change that part of the way I do things. And so it's better for us to figure that out early in the process than later in the process, right? I mean, it's like it, it's like dating. If you have a deal breaker, then don't you want to know that earlier in the process than later? If it's like, I hate dogs and you love dogs, why are we wasting our time? So, <laughs> Or cats. Or cats. <laughs> I've, I've, I've owned both in my life, Shannon. I'm coming around to the cats, at least from a place of being able to deal with them. Um, so I want to go back to something you said, because this actually like really spoke to my soul uh, when you talked about in your personal life, people coming and you naturally speak to it. So I like to think of that as speaking to your mission. You know, so we, we talk about... Uh, we blend our worlds. Like I'm not a coach when I'm with clients. I'm not just in the world of media when I'm doing stuff with clients. It's who I am. So my brand is an extension yeah. of my personality. So I think about it as like, yes, it doesn't make sense at a networking event to say, oh, the juxtaposition, sincerely, here's my card, bye. But if you are a literature major who is working through Shakespeare, and I am an avid Shakespeare, you could tell when I go in one of my Shakespeare's binges, when I start throwing around, you know, this old proper English way of speaking, it makes sense because that's living into and speaking your mission. Um, I don't say warrior as an adjective, like warrior is a noun, warrior is a verb, warrior is all of it because it, it, it breathes life. It is a living object in my world. And so by speaking to the mission, if I have a conversation, whether it's with my daughter about something we need to process, a friend or a client, it's all going to be that same flow of language because it's the organic flow of who I am by speaking into our mission. And I think that that's what you're overall saying, like in that sense of like how you naturally flow conversation through business and then relating that to things like copy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a filter for sure. I mean, um, you know, Michael, you shared your story of, of the things that you went through as you were young and um, the, you were made for more than this, meant for more than this. Made What's the, yeah. Meant for more. Yeah. Meant for more. Right. And, um, you know, Shannon, you might be able to think of an example of something that, uh, a parent or a mentor or somebody said to you earlier in, in your life where you think, Oh, what, what's that thing? Grandma always said this is <laughs> or, or whatever, right. Those are the phrases that get in our bones and remind us of who we are. And, the more we keep coming back to, to that, um, it, it just, they're, they're like the anchor, right? They're our anchor point. And, and any, any brand, any human being, any organization has to have that anchor point. And then we build our, our words uh, uh, around that, right? 
And um, yeah, and so that's why I, if you look at my personal Facebook page, it will say, I help people and businesses own their amazingness, right? Because that's, if, if, if we sat down for coffee, we'd end up talking about what you're amazing at, what I'm amazing at, and, and right. that's just what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when we talk about messaging, we go into this. I think it naturally happens where we go into this uh, thing about trying to be proper, right? Where because yeah. we're taught at a young age, you don't talk about yourself, you don't brag, you don't try to build yourself up. So we take this modest approach to try to proclaim our message, and then we sit back and we wonder why is nobody engaging? And I think we've got to find that 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 dance. We've got to find that way to make it so fluid that it just naturally occurs to where we are able to show our expertise without showing that we're better than or, or or trying to portray that we're better than. And so I just want to kind of touch on that. How, um, if somebody's listening and they're trying to figure out, you know, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to think about myself in a way that I can, you know, like I'm, who am I? I'm not anything special, like to, you know, to try to start telling, but they, they know that they've got to start doing more as a business owner, let's say, because that's probably the the best way to approach it. If I'm a business owner and, and I'm not making any sales, I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting my voice heard. What is like step one to getting at, at least an understanding of your own message? I think there's some work that we need to do before we even start proclaiming. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, I mean, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. So I believe in the start with why mentality, right? Um, and you, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. So, um, you know, if we sat down for a session, I would probably just start with, you know, Hey, Shannon, tell me about your business. How did it, how did it get started? Um, and I am listening for, um, you know, as, as a trained journalist, right? I'm listening for the words you repeat, the things that you say with emphasis, the where your eyes kind of light up when you say it, um, those types of, of, of pieces. And then I'm probably going to, one of my absolute favorite things to do with people is to talk about the how you do it. How do you do what you do? Um, because the power of what makes you amazing is in your process. The how you do what you do is what makes you different from everyone else. And even if you say, oh, well, you know, we do a call and then I do some, then I write a draft and then we look at it together. No, we're gonna, we get deep into the how you do it. Because, and in that process, we're going to find there's verbs that you repeat, that you lean on. There's certain nouns you say, there's feelings that, that come up that you say, well, I want my clients to feel this way. Or, oh my gosh, that's where the magic happens. Like there's phrases that just come up in these conversations. So if you're doing it for yourself, you want to kind of think and, and look at, like, really start listening to the way you talk about what you do and how you do it. The other thing that I often have 
my clients do. And I actually did it with a networking group um, as well. And at first they all hated me. And then when we presented it to each other, they were like, I'm so glad you made us do this. I asked my clients to write down a hundred things they're good at. Right. And it takes a hundred because the first 10 are just going to be your resume. Right. Superficial kind of like first top of your head things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But then you either have to get way more specific or you think in bigger scope. So like my hundred things list includes things like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good at asking questions. I'm good at writing. I'm good at editing. I'm good at spotting which font is being used and right those those types of, of of things I'm good at making people feel comfortable but then you know you also get things like I'm good at letting bananas rot on the counter before they actually get <laughs> I was super ambitious when I bought all that produce right I'm, I'm good I'm, at forgetting what's in the refrigerator amen I, yeah I, I'm good at intending to eat the vegetables when I buy them yeah. <laughs> Right. But but I think that you're you're hitting on a great point. It's like, what are you taking ownership of yeah. in a bigger scheme of things? Because I think we we take light of those things. Um, one of the things I want to talk about really quick, because I too, huge fan of Simon Sinek. One of the that it starts with why was one of those pivotal books for me that I read um, that really changed my scope. Um, because I think we are really good at the what. Like I think most people like when you find something, you're good at the what, but. The how and the why are two areas that are really um, the reasons why people hire people like us because they're they're really specific areas that you got to sit with and process. Uh, case in point, uh, you said you know you like when you hear people get excitement, you know you kind of like feel those things. Those are a lot of things that I see too. Like obviously in the world of Zoom, I've got to really rely mostly on body language, but I think that's the same thing. So case in point, earlier I was talking about books. And I saw through the screen, like you took that, Yeah. like, that's like me. Like I've got like my bookshelf full of books yeah, that I'm just yeah. like preparing to read, but I see, you know, it's, it's that same, pace, right? yeah, yeah, it's that same body language approach of like, oh yeah, no, we hit on something that we can connect on because it's that, ah, yes, books. And it's no different than like when, when I say warrior, it's that, you know, it's, it's with an exclamation point, even if it's a lowercase. Uh, and, and so you, you emphasize those things. And then when we find that how and the why, and understand the process, understand the purpose. Um, it's only then that the that the what actually even matters in a lot of ways. And, and that's maybe not to speak to sensitive ears, but I mean that's just that really is. If you think you're doing what you need to do and haven't really figured out the process or or the route, uh, you're really just scratching the surface. Yeah, and then the other question, and one of the things that the hundred things I'm good at really starts to hit at is the in what ways were you made for what you're doing? Ooh, I love that. Right? Like you have become very clear, Michael, about your story of I am made to talk about being a warrior because of all of my life experiences to, to this point, right? Mm -hmm. There are lots of copywriters there's lots of messaging coaches out there there's probably other ones out there that also have backgrounds in journalism and and the things that I am and do but I know that I know that when I like the common thread when you look at that hundred things I'm good at list and when I look at the history of my life it's like this is the thing that makes sense because I have been able to bring all my skills to this. 
And no matter um, the, the entrepreneurs, the business owners, the people that are doing marketing for organizations or volunteering in certain things, they all have a why. Everybody I, I talk to has, has their why because I don't work with people that don't have one. Right, <laughs> I should right. say it that way, right? Like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't connect with people who are like, ah, oh, it's just a job. I just thought I could make some money. So that's going to be the end of our conversation. So when we get a little deeper into that, like they might not know how to put their why into words, but they have one. And a big part of your why is the story, is the journey of how, to, how you got to where you are. And you have to explain to your potential clients, the people that you want to have circle around you, those people have to know why you are the one that needs to do it for them. And that is more than your certifications. It's more than your degrees. It's more than, uh, I mean, testimonials is part of it, but at the end of the day, it's we connect as human beings. And, and so your messaging has to do all that too. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like the, the something that we probably understand a little bit more than most people is that um, life's pretty simple. Really like, and, and, and maybe this is bringing it down to maybe too much of a rudimentary level, but like, I like to think that we're either uh, writing a story, living a story or changing a story, like at any given point. So it's either, you know, like the story that you're telling the story that you're living or the story you're running from. And I think that again, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's the story you're living. It's either the story you're telling the story you're living or the story that you're running from. And I think at any given point, no matter who's listening to this right now, they recognize if they really sit there and listen to it, am I just telling a story? Am I fully living a story or am I running away from a story? And And, and I'm going to tell you right now that if you are owning your own business or nonprofit or running anything, if you are an entrepreneur, your personal story cannot be disconnected from your business story. Absolutely. There is no such thing if you want to fast track to personal development and pulling up all the gunk that you have in your life start your own business because it will (laughs) all it will all come up now that's not to say i know you know your brand your business can have its own personality a little bit but man are you guys really really uh close siblings yeah (laughs) Yeah. And so you're right. That idea of, you know, what am I telling? What am I living? What am I, I running from um, is, is has to be part of your business messaging. And that doesn't mean you have to tell more of your story than you're comfortable telling. Um, but it does, it creates the trust, right? That's what your message is really about yep. is creating trust between you and the people that you want to work with and knowing that, I mean, this filter idea goes both directions, right? They can filter, they can opt out and say, I don't think that person's for me. And you want that because those people are no fun to work with. Um, And you have a chance to filter them out and say, I just don't think we're a good fit. And therefore you're not going to get the results. I mean, even, I mean, even if you're, selling people, you know, even if you run a restaurant and you're selling people lunch, 
if you're attracting people that don't want what you serve, they're not going to be happy, right? They're not going to go out and tell everybody else to come in and they leave you feeling like, oh, you know, I make the absolute best pizza in town, but this guy wanted a burger and I couldn't give him a burger. And now I feel really bad. Well, no, just tell him he should have gone to a burger joint. Right. And I think, I think that I think that we do that, right? That we want to please everyone and we want to appeal to everyone. And I'm a branding specialist. And so I really understand what you're saying about you only want to attract your ideal client because when you're not, you're wasting your time and their time because eventually one of you is going to figure out that you're not hopefully you figure it out before catastrophe happens, but one of you is eventually going to figure out that you're not working well together and that you're not meant for each other. And so if you want to save yourself a lot of, a lot of lost time, lost money and heartache, that these filters that you're talking about are so important because you only want to expend your energy, we only have so much energy right now in the world we live in. You want to you want to expend that energy on projects and people who are meant for you and who light you up and who you're really passionate about. You don't want these clients who you're like, eh. you know, every day when you wake up, you're dreading talking to them or getting an email from them. And that's because you haven't done the work to set those filters up so that you can only get the work and the clients that are meant for you right yeah absolutely absolutely it's actually the kindest thing that you can do for your client or a potential client is to tell them you're not a good fit it really really is yeah i i, I completely agree i think it's and i know that you've used this analogy before too it's like you wouldn't go out and get married on a first date. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. There, there's, uh, there, there's, I guess, times where impulse, you know, works out. But the idea being that you know enough about your ideal client, hopefully, to be able to say, we can probably do business together. That doesn't mean, though, that every ideal client is still going to be the right client for the full scope. It's like I offer the service for this ideal client, but then we have to take into account, are they the type of you know personalities that I can work with? Are they, you know, have expectations been set? Are boundaries being respected? You know, because on paper, just because somebody checks six out of seven boxes doesn't right. mean that they are still perfect for you. Um, and, and it is that beautiful, uh, you know, syncope where it's you're right for them. They're right for you. And, and it's in marketing, you know, it, it's, it's an unrealistic expectation to hire somebody, hire a marketing company and expect magic to be done right away. That's yeah. why we were like, you know, you got to look three to six months down. You know, it's really analytics driven, like a real uh, marketing media, copy, branding, any business that's doing those kind of services, they're going to really be analytic heavy because that's, that's you know, we're tracking metrics versus relying on human emotion and thinking, you know, because because that's that's. And, and we kind of live in both those worlds, you know, personal transformation really does rely on the emotions, but we still got to track that. And how we track that is by saying, okay, what actions are people taking? 
Yeah. So one of the analogies that I use the most, you're right, is that marketing is matchmaking, right? Like when we break it down into thinking about trying to bring people into a relationship, trying to get people to say yes to something, it just kind of, it, it, it just, it just makes, it, it makes sense. And so um, I have a, I have a monthly membership group. I've got folks in there. We meet once a, a month. We do some actual like workshop type of word type things. And so earlier this month, the project that we did together in, in that group was writing a dating profile for your business. Okay. Because if you think about the template of a dating profile, it's I'm this, I'm seeking this for this kind of an experience. Right. And that's the part that we don't talk about in business. We're just like, here I am. I'm seeking everyone for anything. (laughs) Right? If you really think about it, it is. It's like, I have this product. I have this service. You know, here I am. And what we don't do is say, this is who would be a good match for me. And this is what I expect we will both get out of this relationship. Right? Because one of the things that we don't talk a lot about in messaging is what the client's role in this outcome is going to be. Yes. I, I, I actually, um, I think that's such a good point. Um, I can't help but chuckle to think that if we're not doing that, it's like saying, my business is just here for a good time. <laughs> not here for a long time. Just Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and that's okay. I mean, if your business model is, you know, I sell widgets on the corner and you don't care about seeing those people later, then that's then that's possible, right? Okay. I was I was thinking when you said that that um for me, my most successful clients, we're in a long-term relationship. We work together over several projects that they have, or they bring you know, other clients to me, which still um, extends out our relationship. And so really and truly, that's, that is a great way to think about it is a dating profile. And you're looking for that perfect long-time relationship with, with the right client. Yeah. 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 Or, or you're not, you're looking for, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a date to my cousin's wedding. Right. Like that's okay. That's a business model. Right. Right. I I think that both parties need to know what are we looking for here? Yeah. And we don't, we don't set up our businesses like that at all. And that's when, I mean, unmet expectations is when people get upset, like personal business, anything. Right. So when, when a client comes in and says, well, I was expecting you to do this. And you're like, well, I was expecting to give you that. That's where the problem is. And so that's how your messaging becomes a filter is because you get really, really clear of, I need you to do this and I'm going to do that. And here's what's going to come of it. And this is what you're going to get out of it, out of it. And here's what I'm going to get out of it. And if that's not what you want, you need to, you know, lose my phone number. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, uh, it, and it blows me away. Cause I do work with, uh, even in the coaching, I work with a lot of, uh, business owners. Um, in fact, I would say, a, a, a majority of my coaching clients are business owners who are doing the, you know, the transformation work. And it blows me away when I ask them this question, well, what expectations and boundaries are you setting when you take on a new client? 
So for me, a big one is communication. I am a big time communicator. Um, but with that being said, I had to learn the lifestyle balance at a young age. Cause when I was young and first started getting into the entrepreneurial game, I wanted to please everybody and I'd be on the phone. I remember leaving my house at 1130 at night, one night to go meet a client for a fire alarm fire kind of approach, which is ridiculous. Now the idea of doing that now at my age and you know, how long I've been in the world of owning businesses and, and fulfilling services is just absolutely asinine to think about. But yeah. it took me that time to do it versus when I meet a client now, I give my clients my number, but I say five o'clock is my cutoff for communication. You can text me, but I will not respond till the next day, even if I'm available, because that's my time with my daughter. That's my boundary time. And I'm wrapping up stuff. So that way I don't even, I close my laptop at seven. Like right. that's just, you know, that is clear. And that, yeah. and that's important. Uh, and that, and that's, and then the expectation, like you said earlier is, if I'm making content or we're doing something, here's the packet. I need you to do this by this date. If you're not done by then, we can't move forward. And then it pushes back to the next time that I'm free because I've given you, and, and that's the partnership, right? You wouldn't, right. Uh, you wouldn't put that up, put up with that in a relationship to say, I can't do this next step to you do this. And then they put that off. And then when they finally do it, expect you to, you know, like I was on a different timeline than you. So now we have to be clear about that. So, uh, this is all really good stuff. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I was reminded of again this morning, I was, I was catching like um, day two of a, of a challenge of a, another coach that I was, was listening to. And, um, you know, she came right out. She said, some of you, some of you are asking me about what's the next step. I'm not going to tell you that until day four. We're not there yet. And, but I will tell you right now that if you're not ready to put in the work, if you're not going to do this, if you're not going to do that, this is not going to work for you. And I thought, how, I mean, some people might go, oh, well, that's kind of arrogant. I was like, amen, right? Um, I don't think it's arrogant at all. I, um, I set out clear expectations for my clients and I'm sure you do as well. And that is when you're in when you're in the branding world, I tell my clients all the time that it is a, we work together. It's not just me. It's not just them, but they, there are clear expectations that they have to do the work. I can't define your ideal client for you. I can't get in there and really tell you what your business values are, what your business vision is. You have to do that. And if you cannot set down that foundational work, you are not going to be successful. And anybody who tells you any different is lying to you. <laughs> right, right. And so the question then becomes, Shannon, is where in your process do you say that to people, right? Like, where have you set that, that filter? Is right. it in your social media posts where people just know, okay, this isn't going to be a, a good fit, like early in the process, or do you let people get too close too long and it's not until we're in a sales conversation, right? And I'm not, I'm not picking on you specifically, <laughs> but no, it's at, you know, at, at what point do you, you know, I encourage a lot of people and I review sales pages for people for like programs and stuff they're doing. And I say, you put it right there. This is what you will have to do if you don't want to 
then please don't sign up. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot, of, a lot of people hide those expectations in like an, uh, a client contract. And if that's the first time that somebody's seeing these expectations and you're wondering why you're not getting sales that are closing, uh, people are blind to it. It's no different than a cold call. If you're presenting somebody with the information behind the veil of a contract or behind the veil of a lack of an emotional human touch um, and, and solely relying on that to do the work for you, it's a uh, bold statement, maybe harsh. It's a coward's approach to taking your stance of your boundaries. I get it. And I understand why people do it because it's uncomfortable sometimes to declare those boundaries. But what's a lot more uncomfortable is having to go through the process of telling somebody why you can't give them a refund or why the work is not coming together the way you thought or having failed business, failed business, failed business. That's much more uh, uncomfortable in my mind. And yeah. so it's what, do you want to deal with the problem now or later? To go back to our relationship analogy, it would be like trying to slide your deal breaker into the vows at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I vow that I will never let you own a dog. What? We didn't talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That, that kind of No stuff. more tattoos for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta be. Yes. It is the most kind that you can be to yourself and other people. And at the end of the day, we're talking about, you know, Janet said earlier, being authentic. It's about not sacrificing yourself for a sale. I mean, ultimately. Yes. That you just don't sacrifice it. Don't sell your soul for every sale out there. And the more the more you know about that for yourself. So, yes, I help my clients actually put this into words because Lord, are there a lot of words when it comes to businesses, right? Like you got to write your social media, you got to write product descriptions, you got to write your website. There's just, no matter what industry you're in, there's a lot of, a lot of words, but what we really uncover in all of that is the, how do you want to do business? What do you want to be known for? How is this going to make you successful and satisfied in who you are as you are doing your business vital i think all those are very vital i mean you're, you're giving us so much so much golden nuggets today i love it um so i want to kind of move on to um a segment that we are going to be doing pretty much with all of our guests um and these are just these three three questions that we want to ask that really tie it all because as you so eloquently put, like the words, right? Our word, my word is, you know, is warrior. Um, We obviously created this podcast to define what it means to be a warrior by talking to experts like you and some of our other guests that we'll be have coming up that really look at this from every vantage point that really are able to dissect it beyond the warrior in armor and really the warrior of being true to yourself by using the words that you use. So, uh, our first question um, is, how do you define what it means to be a warrior? Yeah, I think that I am I'm learning that you know, you use the word warrior and and I my language is more around amazingness, right? Like you are amazing. Everybody has a nugget, multiple nuggets of of amazingness and it's those same 
elements that you you talked about of what it means to be a, a warrior of um you know being real not always which means not always getting it right on on the first try right um the continuing to to get back up and um you know grace is one of my core values and so i think that the the warrior is about i mean if you literally think back to the concept of a warrior i think of like somebody running into battle but usually they were under some kind of a banner right or a, a charge or a you know go get them kind of kind of idea and so to me being a warrior just means I know what my why is I know what my charge is I know what banner I'm fighting under and I'm Love gonna keep, I'm gonna keep standing up for that that's the hill I'm willing to die on the hill I am willing to die on is that every person is amazing people need what you have in this world and when you own your amazingness you find your people that is, that is perfect perfectly goes into our next question so our second question and we're going to be this is going to be our these are just our prompts of you know really i think understanding how we can to do this is um how have you demonstrated that in your life have you demonstrated that definition uh, and i think very well put over your shoulder there is own your amazing yeah. um how have you owned your amazingness um, from your perspective? Gloat on yourself I'm, for a minute. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that a year ago I would have told you that I had, if I'm if I'm if I'm really honest, right? Like, you know, I'd done a lot of things. I knew that I was I was good at at various things, but I don't think that I had dug into my own story, that I'd looked at my own path of oh my gosh all these all of this led me to here right like it's all telling the same story uh, of of my life um and there was and there was a tendency to do the comparison in that too right of well but I haven't had to this or I haven't overcome that or my experience hasn't hasn't been. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think the way that I have learned to embrace that is one, noticing the warrior in other people and yet recognizing the humanness in their stories, because warriorness is not a competition. Right. Right. And saying, here's what I admire about those people. And then learning to recognize what other people admired in me so that I could admire it in myself as well. And that took out some of the comparison, the comparison game. And when there's room for all of us to be amazing, and there's room for all of us to be warriors, and there's room for all of us to be successful entrepreneurs and there's room for all of us to connect to the people that we're meant to connect to in the world. That's just, I mean, that's the place I want to, want to live out the rest of my life. 
Absolutely Absolutely. love that. Uh, So what would you say um, is the one piece of advice that you can give someone for them to live into that definition of being a warrior? What is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody to live into owning their amazingness? Yeah, I think it starts with the, the recognizing your own, your own strengths, right? Like I would tell you to go write down a hundred, hundred things you're, you're good at. Um, I'm actually going to do that when we get off. I hope you will. And, and, and share it uh, and share it with me uh, too. If you, if you feel so, so led, I would, I would love that. A lot of my um, clients and, and friends do that because the, then the first question I have after you do that is what did you learn about yourself in that process? And there's all, almost always some themes of, well, just, you know, it all seems to be about helping other people or so much of it is about, um, you know, this particular pastime or hobby or, gee, I'm really, I'm better at teaching people than I thought I was, was going to be type of thing and you know get feedback ask other people hey what am I good at that I probably don't don't notice because that's the other thing that having to get to a hundred things that you're good at does is it makes you dig into the things that you're like well isn't everybody good at that and the answer is no no they are not yeah you are and in fact this other cook um, her name is Lisa Johnson, and she said a phrase this morning. I'm gonna give her credit for it, even if she stole it from somebody else, because that's what us coaches do. But um, she said this morning, "Your knowledge is not common knowledge." I like right? that. Your knowledge is not common knowledge, and I think in I mean we're getting a little. <laughs> I might be getting a little off your question here, but especially in Western culture, we're really big on this, like, it has to be hard, and I have to achieve this, and I had to do a lot to call that an accomplishment. Yes. But what about the gifts that we just were born with, right? What about the things we just know how to do? What about the things that come easily to us that don't come easily to other people? You know, when you start making a list of the things you're good at and then you share it with somebody and you're like, well, yeah, but that's just what I am. And they're like, well, but I'm not good at that. And I'm not good at that. And I'm not good at that. Right. And, and you start to see, okay, these might be some of the pieces of what make me amazing. That's uh, it actually reminds me of something that I that I say it's, you know, it's service does not mean sacrifice and sacrifice does not mean scarcity. Right. We don't have to uh, be the what is it, Icarus or per, the proverbial whoever's pushing the rock up the hill, pushing the rock up the hill. Yeah. You know, it, it, but that's how we see it. Right. Like we put right. doubt on that stone. We put struggle, we push pain and it just means more when we get to the top. I talked about this last week and the week before I was prideful of the fact that I was the king of adversity. You know where that got me with more adversity <laughs> because I yeah. sought it out. I was looking for adversity to prove yeah. myself. And I realized that's exhausting. And I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So just because you're equipped to go through hard things does not mean you have to do hard things. In fact, I'm learning that peace and the calm 
I, I heard this quote that I'm going to steal that I actually sent off to um, to my coach. I heard it and I was like, oh, this is gold right here. And it's uh, peace looks like boredom to people who are raised in chaos. Boom, yeah. right? Yes. Mind blowing. But, it, but that's how it, because we want, I was like, we seek the chaos. And yeah. we're obviously, we could go off on a tangent. We could, we right, were, right, right. We're gonna definitely have to have you on again because this yeah, we'll... is like, you know, a, a part two. Because I think that this, that just goes to prove how much uh, the world of like that we live in and the world, the words that we use and the different layers of it that I think we can dissect. Um, but so that we're valuing your time, um, you know, if, you, if there's anything you want to leave us with, any sort of point that you wanted to make that you maybe didn't feel like you had the chance to, so that way you're not, you know, drive it home later or, or, you know, uh, you know, in the shower and be like, Oh, I should have said this, you know, yeah. I want to make sure that we leave that space for you to, to, to say anything that you wanted to make sure that you got across today. I, I would just say that I think that it's super helpful. It has been for me. And I can tell from, from the stories that you're telling for, for you, that idea of having a word like warrior that you, that you leaning into and can identify with, um, I, you know, several years sort of came up with, with four, but one of the main ones was storyteller, right? And so when I say, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. And, and right now I'm, I'm leaning into that even more as, you know, the word girl, because, because that's what businesses and people are like, I'm bad at words. I'm like, well, I can be a word girl kind of thing, right? <laughs> and so find something like that for yourself I don't know Shannon do you have does anything come to mind of like how you describe your yourself or a phrase that you kind of lean back on sometimes my my overall and it's actually in my biography is failure is a bruise not a tattoo and so I I say that to myself all the time when I um I think that I've done something wrong. I think we put a lot of shame on ourselves that we're not always 100%, right? Uh done done is better than perfect. I say that to myself a lot also. Um I know Mike and I both get lost in the process sometimes. We talk about this with each other that when we're doing something we get caught up in making sure every detail is perfect and something that should have took 5 minutes an hour later, you know what I mean? And so I have to remind myself that done is better than perfect. Get it done and perfect can come later. That doesn't mean be sloppy, but you know, you have to be respectful of your time and say what is important, what isn't important. Yeah. Um so even if and, you turned that into, you know, almost a label or I I think of it as um, again, like a name tag that you would, would wear someplace. And, and maybe it's the, you know, imperfect doer is, <laughs> is your name, right? Or the, or, you know, something, something along those lines. That was just the first thing. But if like imperfectly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but when you attach it to the, uh, you know, because when we introduce ourselves to people using our name, our name has power. So the name we give ourselves matters too even if it's just the one in the back of my mind it's like all right well I'm the imperfect doer so I got no choice but to push send on this email and just move, move on <laughs> yeah so so my uh my on my email signature 
Um, like, I mean, I've, I've given, you know, I've, I've had all the titles like owner and, you know, like the, I've, I've been the, you know, executive, you know, for marketing executive, I've been the, you know, CEO one, you know, so now on mine, it's Michael Rollon comma warrior. And, and to me, it sums it all up. That doesn't take away from the fact that I know some digital marketing and, and copy and all those things, uh, or being a coach, it's that is my definition. And so, uh, to the point where, um, I was in, uh, I went to go pick up my prescriptions from Walmart, uh, the other day with my daughter. And this is very few moments where you get to be cool in front of your child. Right. Uh, we walk <laughs> into Walmart and across the way loud as can be, Hey, it's the warrior of impact. That is the coolest thing in the world to a almost 13 year old girl that her, uh, her dad's being recognized from social media. Uh, we did, we had something like that happen in another state once, uh, back, like, you know, uh, we were going through West Virginia at a rest stop and, uh, somebody came up, are you a warrior of impact on TikTok? My daughter's like, what is this? What is reality? But it's, it's that same mentality, right? People, right. you know. My, most people don't even know my name is Michael like you know, because they're just like oh warrior of impact and it's almost intentionally done that way right because I yeah. answer to Michael but I, I like answering a warrior like well, and if you go back to that idea of your message is a filtering then that even what you call yourself creates the conversation you want to have right right when your signature line says CEO what kind of question, you know, what kind of conversation starter is that? What, what does that really bring about? Right. right? Um, but you are saying, this is, this is what I am. And so this is the kind of conversation we're going to have together. And if you connect, then we connect. And if you don't, that that's okay. But we filtered that out early, early in the process. Yeah. If, if ever we get to the point or when we get to the point <laughs> when we get to the point of uh, of growing the business to the point where we have to operate from a C level, uh, I think I'm just going to be CW, the Chief Warrior. <laughs> that, you've inspired me, Beth. You've inspired me. Absolutely. No, I I I love that. So you know, to go back to your question of where would I recommend that that people go first, um, just you know. As you go through the, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm here to do. This is my why. Play around with a fun title. See what you can come up with. Um, it, you don't have to reprint all your business cards. You don't have to put it on your subject line. Even if it's just the thing that you have in your back of your mind of, nope, this is who I am. So this is this is how I need to need to act today. Um, there's. There's a, I know we all agree. There's a, a lot of power in, in putting that um, into place for yourself. Absolutely. And uh, so where can people find you online? How can people connect with you, work with you? Yeah. So I am um, Facebook and Instagram mostly these days. Um, Facebook is keys to your brand. And so I've got a business page there that I post on not too much because I do have a private Facebook group as well. That's where we mostly hang out. That's called Unlocked Brands. Um, uh, you know, the keys, the keys thing, right? We'll run that metaphor all the way through. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah, and, of course, you uh, attach it to it every day. 
IG is um, Beth Builds Brands um, is who I am there. And I, you know, any of those places, I always welcome people to, to hop into my, my DMs as well. I get messages from people fairly regularly that just say, hey, word girl, help me with this. Yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, and we, we do that. Um, and also keys to your brand.com. I've, um, done a, a lot of work on my own my own words and how I describe myself there and that'll give you a pretty good rundown of all the the different things that you do um, I will mention that you can find from my website um, or send me a dm someplace else if you can't find it on the site I do offer uh, you know initial conversations about words and stuff 30 minutes no cost I'd love to extend that offer to your audience as well it is not a sales pitch we're going to talk about a word problem that you have or content if you want to bring a piece of content have me look at it if you want me to help you come up with your creative title for yourself um, if you need some ideas to post on social media we'll spend uh, 30 minutes looking at some things for you there. Awesome. And I will say as somebody who sat through, you know, some of your workshops and, and has uh, worked with and had multiple soundboard opportunities between the two of us where we've bounced ideas. Um, Beth certainly is much more than just the world girl, but I, I definitely recommend uh, putting her into your Rolodex of resources. We will certainly have a Rolodex is a thing anymore. I don't know, uh, but we'll go ahead and, we will have all of those links in the descriptions and um, make sure to check her out and all of the things that she's got going on. I know that she has this, um, workshop where you can go monthly into her membership program uh, to learn to become a better copywriter, whether it's your first go around or you are a seasoned copywriter who just wants to have uh, ways to break through some of those dry spells of writing. You know, I think we all get to that place regardless of being, you know, always engaged with our own thing that we forget. Uh, so a great opportunity. Uh, Beth's a perfect person to talk to when you need to take the blinders off and let somebody else kind of come in and look. And And I trust her completely with doing that with any of the words or uh, messaging that we through use in our organization and would highly recommend her to do so for you guys. And with that, I think we are going to be all set and we will see you all next week. Hey, Warriors, it's Michael. And I want to thank you for listening to the Warrior of Impact podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your favorite streaming platforms and leave us a five-star review. For more information, check out warrioropact.com.